0: That crack, crack has mm, positives and negatives is one of the lessons, and that life has positive, and negative. Nothing is all bad, nothing's all good. What are the positives of crack. Someone said to me in a crack, house, "This is one of the greatest things I ever learned." This guy Vinny. I was thirteen. I was with my friend, and Vinny said to me, "Because do you want to know the secret of life?" I said yes, and he was he was eating a tomato like an apple, which was very disturbing. But then someone told me that Sicilians did that, and I didn't know that and I didn't know I was being ethnocentric and trying to make everyone conform to my idea of knives. But he was eating a tomato, and then he said to me, I don't hang out with anyone who's lower than me or anyone who can't do nothing for me. And I said, well, what a great statement. Like the idea of, well, no, I don't hang out with anyone lower than me or somebody who can't do anything for me is such a cut to the Chase philosophy. I thought that was amazing. So you've been, from a young age, Living a pretty hard life doesn't sound like a traditional safety net was provided to you as a child No, you know, I don't think so. I mean, I was a child actor and I failed, you know, so what I I Deserved the no safety net, you know, I mean I came really close to so many parts and just couldn't clinch them and you know What was your highest profile? Success as a child well, I toured around the country with Annie get your gun I played little Jake and I was with my mother and we would you know, we were a ragtag group of actors, actresses, ex-Dallas Cowboy cheerleaders, pothead musicians, this crazy Ethel Merman impersonator. And we were, you know, traveling around the eastern seaboard, bringing the show that no one asked for to their town uh, and playing in some great theaters that were filled with tens of people that came out to see Annie Get Your Gun. I was on Sesame Street three times. I was in a Comedy Central stupid little skit about O.J. Simpson called Just Say No J. Again, the high point of, you know. you know. But again, I wasn't the guy, I had the same voice I do now, which was very disturbing to casting directors. Um, very gravelly voice, you know, nobody wants that. Yeah, I mean, it was very tough. I, I got in every, rege- you know, I remember after, after an audition once, I said to my parents, I said, I didn't get it, but can we still go to McDonald's? And my dad goes, that's a kid with a real great sense of proportion, like he's not beating himself up. No, that's a kid with a, an eating disorder. I was eating at McDonald's five times a day because I grew up in a home where my mother believed she could retire by collecting Disney movie toy sets at McDonald's, putting them in plastic bags and selling them to other crazy people at flea markets for an increased retail value. Speaking of your, your mom, I do want to know, I'm... I'm... I, I speak very vocally about my own mental health issues. And wh- I, I don't, if it's, I mean, we've talked about it. No, I, I talk about everything. When did you realize your mom well, was suffering? Well, when I was seventh grade, my mother and my friend and me were in a car. And my mother was talking about being followed and people tailing her. And I had known as a child, I'm like, oh, this does, this isn't good. And my, even my friend was like, kind of like, we were hanging out in crack houses and nobody thought they were being followed. So I was like, well, this isn't a good sign. They're more lucid than she is. It's a problem. You know, we're doing acid with these people. They seem to have their heads screwed on straight. What's going on with my mother? Um And so I started to notice things like that. And then, you know, it was by the time I think I was 20, she had a breakdown and she went into institution and she'd been in and out of institution. She's in an institution right now. I don't know if she'll be there forever. I don't know that she'll be able to live. I mean, I visit her once a week and she's supportive of me and my career and everything like that. But her mental and physical health is not great. And unfortunately, we don't. There's a tremendous stigma with mental health. It was very hard to force her into an institution and she desperately needed to be there. Did you have to participate no, in No, because I wasn't even old enough. Like, I, I, you know, it was my, my, my grandmother and my aunt, her mother and her sister had to really kind of, you know, say that this is somebody who's a danger to herself and others. She needs to be somewhere. So it, it is very tough and I'm, I'm very conscious of how delicate people's f- mental state is. You know, because I think she was probably, um, had these issues her entire life, and I think she was kind of just pushed over the edge by circumstances, and that's unfortunate, you know? What is it like when you visit her? She's lucid. I mean, she says hello. We talk. We discuss things. I talk about my career and comedy and, you know... She's very supportive and she tells me that I'm too fat to be on TV consistently. And she's right. She goes, I'll put you on occasionally, but to be consistently on TV are too fat. And I said, no, that's probably right. You know, it's, you know, but every now and then her, it'll flare up. The paranoia will flare up and she'll describe how her sister, who's done everything for her.